Anybody in here need a breakthrough? What is a divine breakthrough? What's a God breakthrough? It is when God intervenes in your life and does something that you've tried to do and haven't been able to do. You couldn't do. He breaks through and does what you and I can't do. It's supernatural. He'll rebuke demons. He brings up valleys. He brings down mountains. He makes a straight path. Our God is a God who has identified himself in the Bible as a God of breakthrough. In fact, the master of breakthroughs. He's the master of a breakthrough. Now, I want to talk to you today about breakthrough by restoration. The unknown servant and breakthrough by restoration. I want to read one of my favorite stories in 2 Kings 6. I love the dynamic duo Elijah and Elisha. This is the ministry of Elisha, who had twice as many miracles as Elijah, which he prayed for. This is one of them. It says in 2 Kings 6, verse 1, The sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan, and let every man take a beam from there, and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, go. Listen, you don't want to go without a go. God gives you a divine go, go. Then one said, well, we'd feel better if you'd go with us. Don't ever go anywhere where Jesus isn't going with you. We'd feel better if you're going with us. He answered, okay, I'll go. So he went with them. And they, when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water and he cried out and he said alas master for it was borrowed so the man of god asked a million dollar question where did it fall he showed him the place so he cut off a stick and threw it in there and lo and behold the iron axe head floated to the top can you imagine and like a shark fin began to swim towards the man now look what the prophet said he said pick it up for who come on everybody for who there's some things you got to start out doing it for yourself he said pick it up for yourself so he reached out his hand and took it father i thank you that today there is a breakthrough by restoration that you've got a word of restoration Lord, there are people in here who have lost what is precious. I pray that as we hear this word and the Spirit of God speaks, that we will retrieve what was lost for ourselves in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're going to get it back and you can be seated. I love this story. I love the miracles that these two prophets performed. Now, catch this. This is about a man who was in the right place, the school of the prophets. We don't know his name, but he was in the right place. He was there at the right time, the prophetic outpouring of that day. It was God's time. Elisha raising up a school of the prophets. This man was in the epicenter of what God was doing. So he was in the right place at the right time with the right man, the prophet Elisha. This unknown servant was involved in an exploding ministry 
that was experiencing such supernatural growth that they outgrew where they were. And because they outgrew where they were, they said to the prophet, these students of prophecy, hey, the place where we are is too small for us. And Elisha agreed. He said, all right, time to strike out, time to build a bigger place, bigger horizon. It's time to expand. It's the prayer of Jabez. Enlarge our borders. Enlarge our borders. So they were in a growing, expanding, pulsating, moving, reaching, blessed, thriving ministry. Now, it was a happy moment. This was not down. This was good. The stress was a good stress. The pressure was a good pressure. Because they were filled with excitement, anticipation, fervent zeal. People were wanting to get into this school and there was no room for them. Now here they are, they're in the work of the Lord. They're doing the will of God. They're right in the middle of what God is doing. And they're swinging this axe. All of them have a little hatchet, an axe, and they're out there and they're bringing trees down. And it says that as one of them was swinging the axe, the axe head flew off the handle into the nearby Jordan River. Now the Jordan River was about 40 to 100 feet deep, depending on the time of year, and it could be as wide as half a mile. So when this axe head flew to the Jordan River, that axe head was gone, lost. Lost without a breakthrough intervention from God. You see, some things are lost until God has had his say. It's never hope. It may look hopeless in the natural. It may look like you and I have lost something in the natural. But it's never over until God has had his say. And it was in the natural impossible to ever get it back. A little axe head, insignificant, in the middle of the Jordan River, lost. And so... There is no doubt in my mind that there is a spiritual parallel here for us. See, I believe the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Often in the Old Testament, you've got types and shadows and pictures and illustrations of New Testament truth. And I believe the New Testament truth here is real simple. The axe head is a type of cutting edge. It's the cutting edge. We could say this. That in the middle of the work of God, doing the right thing at the right time for the right man, with the right motivation, the right intent, the right timing, this servant lost his cutting edge. I learned a long time ago in the ministry, you can be so busy with the work of the Lord, you forget the Lord of the work. You can get out there and because you're good at what you do and because you know the ropes, you can go through the motions and have nothing inside of you. This man lost the cutting edge. Now the first application for you and me today is that the Bible says for New Testament Christians, the cutting edge, the axe head, the sharp edge is the Word of God in our life. For the Word of God is quick. The Word of God is powerful. The Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. The Word of God in our life is a cutting edge. It's sharp. When I get up in the morning and I open up the Word of God and I begin to read it, let me tell you what, it, what it's like. It's like a flint stone. And it sharpens my spirit. It sharpens my cutting edge. 
the Word of God in my life is my edge. It's when we lose the Word of God in our life that the cutting edge is lost with it. And I don't just mean the written Word of God where you get up and you read the Bible, but I'm talking about the Word of God, the rhema Word of God, the God spoken personally to you, about you, and for you. I'm talking about the personal Word, our calling, our purpose, our destiny, our direction in life, what we're about in Christ, the defining words, what God has called us to do and to be, where we're to go, the personal Word of God to you and to me. I've got one. You've got one. There is a Word over every one of us. We are in the universal church, but every member of the universal church has a personal, individual calling. And there is a Word to us. You know, Jesus quoted the devil. He said, man shall not live by three square meals a day. But he said, you're going to live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word. Not just out of here, but the word of God to you personally in your spirit. That is what we live by. We don't live by food alone. But when we get up, we as believers live by the word of God. Every morning they gathered that manna. And every morning they ate that manna. The manna was not good for a second day or a third day. It rotted. You had to eat the manna you gathered that day. It's the same with the Word of God. We get up every morning and we gather the manna. And we eat the Word of God for that day. And as we do, it sharpens our inner man. We live by the Word of God. It's our cutting edge. And when the cutting edge of God's Word is lost to us, when we get away from it, we wander we stray, we become aimless in life, we don't live well. It's, if you get away from the Word of God in your life, it's not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when you drift and when you stray. Because it's the Word that keeps our inner man, the axe head, as it were, sharp. When we get away from the Word of God, we can no longer fight the enemy effectively. Our ministries become dull and ineffective. Like a man striking a tree with a dull axe. We do twice the work to get half the results when the axe head is dull. Before losing the cutting edge, we, we, we've got clear vision for what God's called us to do. Where we're going. What we're about in God. We know what we're about. We know where we're headed. We've got clear vision. We've got clear understanding. We're excited. We're pumped. But after losing that cutting edge... We experience the fog of indecision. Don't know what to do. Don't know where to go. Spiritual lethargy sets in. A spiritual funk takes hold. The bottom line is, when that axe head went off, listen to what happened to this man. He's in the work of God, in the timing of God, with the man of God, in the destiny of God, and the axe head flew off. And when it did, he could no longer participate. Something lost had to be restored. It had to be found again by breakthrough. By the breakthrough of God. Now I'm going to give you some telltale, telltale signs if you've lost the cutting edge. Because you see, I've lost the cutting edge in my life before. I, I've drifted and knew how to do all the motions, knew how to uh, you know, say the right things, do the right things, and and look like I was on top of things. But listen, it's like the violin player that quits practicing. At first, he knows it. 
Then the orchestra knows it. Then the crowd knows it. And if you don't keep your spirit, your axe head, the cutting edge, sharp in your own life, first you know it, and then those around you know it, and then the crowd knows it. Here's some telltale signs if that axe head has flown off of your life. If you've lost the axe head, the joy of serving God has waned. Your prayer life has probably become stagnant. The zeal for God is gone. You're no longer there. First thing when the doors open at church and the last to leave, you're the last to get there and the first out when the axe head is gone, if you're there at all. The joy of being in Christ, which is supposed to be like a fountain welling up inside of us, dries up. You don't see much fruit when you've lost the axe head. You know deep down that something is wrong, that something is missing, that you're only going through the motions, but you don't know what to do. Well, you're in the right service today. Because listen, we're going to have breakthrough by restoration. We're going to see some things restored. Are you ready to get back some things that have been lost to you? Don't you know? Church, listen, if there was ever an hour where the church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to be red hot, I mean sharp as a butcher knife needs to be out there cutting into secularism cutting into the works of the devil cutting into political correctness bringing down satanic trees it's now we need to have the axe head sharp and swinging and bringing the trees down i unbelievable i read something uh, about a university in the northwest i couldn't believe this true story The story involved lumberjacks as well. It was a study on motivation. The psychology department took two groups of lumberjacks. They paid one group of men the same price that they had been making. The same wage just to go and do what they had always done, which is chop down trees. We're going to pay you the same. Here's your axe. Go chop down trees, and we're going to pay you. Now, the second group was told, we want you to use the flat edge of the axe the blunt edge of that hatchet will pay you twice your regular wage. Just go out there, pound against that tree, keep doing it, and as long as you want to do it, we'll pay you double your wages. You know what happened? The test group using the blunt edge of the axe had all quit within half a day. As the last lumberjack from that test group was walking away, he was shaking his head. And in his exit interview, he said this, Money or no money, this is no fun. When I swing the axe, oh, I love this statement, I have to see chips fly. Let me tell you something. In the work of God, this boy needs to see the chips fly. I need to see chips fly. What do you mean, Pastor Jeff? I need to see souls getting saved. I need to see people getting healed. I need to see people getting restored. I need to see the Lord worshiped in the house of God. I need to see the kingdom of God advancing. I need to see Satan defeated. I need to see Jesus lifted up. I need to see chips fly. And you know what? So do you. A lot of us become worn, we become tired, we become weary, and we get bored because we're swinging the axe, but we're not seeing the chips fly. You know why? The axe head has been lost. In God's work, we're supposed to see the chips fly. Now let me bring this home with a few simple observations. You ready? One, notice with me that 
The first thing out of this man's mouth when he loses the axe head is he realizes it was borrowed. It was not the property of the one that was using it. Oh my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. That makes it twice the tragedy because it wasn't mine to lose. It was a trust. And what we need to understand is that our spiritual axe head, that cutting edge that God wants us to have, is the power we have from God to minister effectively to others, power to teach, power to share our faith, the power that God gives us to overcome temptation. It is not a personal power that we've got. It is a God-given power. It is borrowed in a sense. God has given us an incredible gift in Jesus Christ. But He turned right around when Jesus ascended and gave us the greatest gift He could ever have given us. A gift without which I would not be standing up here today and you would not be sitting there today and there would be no church doing anything today. He gave the power of the Holy Spirit of God to dwell within us. Listen carefully. The Spirit of God is that keen, sharp edge of the axe head. The power of God. Oh, I was one thing one day, and then the power of God fell on my life, and I was another thing the next day. Listen, when the Spirit of God falls, He turns mice into men. He turns the fearful into the fearless. He turns the quiet into the bold. He turns the defeated into the victorious. We would have nothing if it were not for the cutting edge of the Spirit of God, His power, His might, His ability, His deliverance, His peace, His strength, His joy. God told Zechariah when calling him to help rebuild the temple. He said, he said, Zechariah, let me tell you how this is going to happen. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. You see, folks, hear me. And those listening by radio, oh, hear me on this. We've got an edge that the world doesn't have. And it is the power of the Spirit of the living God. It is the anointing that breaks the yoke. It is the power. Simon Peter, before the Spirit of God fell, is hiding behind closed doors, trembling in his sandals. They've got, they, they've got themselves huddled, hunkered in their bunker, afraid their lives are going to be taken, filled with fear, filled with doubt, filled with anxiety. But then the mighty Spirit of God fell. And when the Spirit of God fell, this same Simon Peter, who had denied Jesus in front of a little damsel woman at a campfire, stood up, didn't care what happened, let the, let the chips fall. He said, let me tell you about Jesus Christ, who you crucified. He is risen from the dead. And in a three-minute message, 3,000 people came to Christ. What made the difference? The axe head. The Spirit of God. God told Zechariah, your arms aren't strong enough, your minds aren't smart enough, your hearts aren't courageous enough, and your plans aren't good enough to do what I need done. If the temple is ever rebuilt, it's going to be because my Spirit causes it to happen. If this world is going to be reached, 
if Satan's going to be defeated, if secularism is going to be routed, if political correctness is going to be put to shame like it ought to be, it's not going to be by the might of men. It's not going to be by the power of flesh. It's going to be by the Spirit of God resting on His people. The power that you have to resist temptation, to share your faith, or do anything for God doesn't come from your own energy, your own charisma, your own looks, your own brains. But it's a power that has been entrusted to us. It's borrowed. It's a trust. He said, oh no, I lost what wasn't mine to lose. God help the church that loses the anointing. It's not theirs to lose. God gave it. Let's keep it. You're anointed. You're appointed. God's all over you. When you leave here today and go into some restaurant, you don't go in there alone. Jesus is going with you. He's on you. He's in you. He's wanting to work through you. It's a borrowed power. But second, the axe head was lost for a reason. It just didn't fly off. I used to live in East Texas. I pastored first in East Texas for seven years. When Kathy and I got to East Texas, we were city people. We thought city thoughts like this. Every tree is sacred. You don't cut down trees. They're sacred in the city. But boy, you're on the land for about six months and you're, you're down there buying a chainsaw and you get a couple of hatchets and axes and you start cutting down trees all the time. We lived on four acres where we had to cut down so many trees. I got so used to it. Got real lumber, Jackie, you know, wore the red checkered flannel shirts and the whole bit. Oh, yeah. And we go out there and cut down trees. And I know what it feels like to hit a tree with a dull axe head. The whole thing vibrates up your arm when it's dull. See, more than likely, the man who lost the axe head, for not, he lost it for not keeping it sharp. That's why he lost it. The constant slamming of a dull blade against the tree jarred it loose if he had any fault in losing it at all it was in letting the axe head grow dull and that's exactly what we do in the church here's the question for us today where do we lose our spiritual axe heads why are so many people walking around in the church their bottoms are in a chair but their eyes aren't with you just because you're in here sitting on blessed assurance doesn't mean your heart's here See, there's people sitting in churches all year long whose hearts aren't there. Their bodies are there, but their minds are elsewhere. Their hearts are elsewhere. Their souls are elsewhere. The axe head was gone long ago. They lost that cutting edge a long time ago. Why'd they lose it? Has anybody ever lost it in the waters of worldliness? Jesus said the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches come in and they choke the Word and we become unfruitful. Has anybody swung it in the rivers of ritual? You're going through religious ritual, but there's no meaning, no life to it, and your blade has become dulled. Has anybody lost your axe head in the creek of criticism? I have. When I first got into ministry, I thought everybody was going to love me for it. I learned real quickly that when you get into ministry and leadership, you've got a big target painted on your chest that says, shoot at me. <laughs> and you've got to learn real quick to filter out legitimate criticism from that which is meaningless. I learned a long time ago, those who point the finger the longest have never done a thing in their own lives. You want to say to them, how many souls did you win this year? 
How many souls have you reached this week? Well, no, my, my anointing is to show you what's wrong. And I want to say nobody's got that anointing but the Word of God right here. All right? Now, but see, we get, in, we get in there, the work of the Lord, we get out there and witness a little bit, and somebody criticizes us, and that axe blade flies. We say, I didn't count on that. I didn't know I was going to be shot at. I didn't know I was going to be made fun of. The axe blade flies off. We say, that's just not me. I can't take that kind of thing. Yes, you can. Do it. Stand up for Jesus. Let the critics criticize. I remember Paul. I remember none of his critics. Did it fly off into the pond of prayerlessness? Or the stream of secularism? Is your axe head in the swamp of self-satisfaction? You decided to take care of you, yourself, me, myself, and I. It's all about you. And in self-satisfaction, the axe head has become dull. Listen, it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about him and what he's doing in the world today. You can lose the axe head in any one of a number of places. Somebody can, can hurt you. You can take a wrong turn. And in that wrong turn, you lose the axe head. The question today is, what are we going to do about it? Not that it happened, but what now? Now, the third thing I see with this man is he knew he'd lost it. As soon as he realizes it's gone, he has an anxiety fit. He says, oh, my Lord, he was distressed. I would guess there's not a one of us here today been saved any length of time at all that hasn't had to go and find the axe head. How did I lose it? Where did I lose it? Where's the joy? The thrill is gone. What has happened to me? Why don't I have excitement anymore? Where's the passion? Where's the joy? Where's the excitement? Where is it gone? He knew he had lost it. Some people who lose the axe head take it very flippantly. They say, oh, well, you know, I've got a lot of things on my plate. That's just one of them. No, that's the main course. That axe head. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's more important than your 401k, more important than getting that gold watch when you retire, more important than your kid's education, more important than your marriage, more important than anything in your life is getting that axe head which represents our sharp, healthy walk with God. Because he said, in the end, you're going to pick it up for yourself. Because when you pick up that axe head for yourself, isn't it funny how everything else takes care of itself? Some people have a, well, you know, someday I'll take care of the axe head. Someday is the devil's favorite word. Someday I'll get saved. Someday I'll repent. Someday I'll turn. Someday I'll walk with God. Someday I'll give him everything. The devil knows that he's probably going to get you before someday arrives. The Bible doesn't know anything about someday. The Bible says today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to get it right. Today is the day to get that axe head back into your hands. It was a big deal to this guy that he lost the axe head. Here's the danger in church life. Too many times we go through religious ritual. We go through the activities. We say all the right things, do all the right things, act the right way. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Bless you. We walk into church and lie our socks off. How you doing? Oh, great, wonderful, blessed. 
But inside, the axe head is gone. We've got it down so we don't even realize the axe head is gone. We're so good at the religious ritual and motions that sometimes God's got to tap us on the shoulder and say, are you aware that that first love you used to have is gone? That that axe head is gone? That that walk is gone? What you used to know with me is gone? You've lost it. It's in the water, but we're going to get it back. Now we come to the crux of the story. The axe head was found right where it was lost. Say, how do I get the axe head back? Pastor Jeff, I don't know how. You go to where it was lost. See, the good thing about this unknown servant is he at least knew where to go to get the problem fixed. He went to the type of Christ, Elisha. He comes up to Elisha and he says, Master, I lost the axe that it was borrowed. It wasn't even mine. What am I going to do? And he asked him a million dollar question. Where was it lost? When you were swinging that axe in the work of God, there you were in the work of God, just hacking away at that tree, felling those trees, excited about God, moving in your destiny, it was when you were doing that, it flew off. Where did it fall? What a question. What a million-dollar question. He said, well, okay, let me go back in my memory. It was when so-and-so said that thing that hurt my feelings, and I took it wrong, and I took offense, and I didn't forgive, and I took a little detour right there, and frankly, looking back, I remember now, that's where the joy began to go away. It's there. Or how about this one? Well, I got a little temptation came into my life, and I, well, admittedly, confessedly, yes, truthfully, I turned, I took a detour, I took a wrong turn, and Lord, as far as I can recall, that right there is where it was lost. Or it was when I was putting my family before you, or my job before you, or my time before you. And, and, and I can look back, Lord, and I can see that right back then is when I went from, from desire to duty, from spiritual reality to a game I was playing. That's where it went in, Lord. Now look what he did. Elisha took a stick. He took a stick, and he got the stick ready, wood, and he walked out to the Jordan, and he said, right there, you were telling me right there is where we lost? All right, and he touched the water. He tossed the stick into the water right where it had been lost. I can't help but think of the cross right here. Because you see, it was the cross that brought our restoration. It was the cross that helped us find ourselves. It was the cross where we found God. It was the cross where we were redeemed. The cross where Satan was defeated in our life. It was the cross where we began to be made whole and healed and delivered and fixed and made sound. It was at the cross. So here's what he did. He applied the cross to where it was lost. Oh, I'm going to tell you something, folks. I'll say it again. You may think it's lost. You may think I'm never going to get the fire back, never going to get the joy back, never going to get that walk back. But listen, the cross is greater than any mistake you've made. The cross is greater than any sin you've committed. 
Can you imagine this servant's eyes? Here's Elisha, always doing weird things, never made any sense, like Jesus, you know, spitting, making mud, sticking the mud in people's eyes, stuff like that. And here's this man, he whittles, he whittles a, a stick and throws it out there. I believe God was giving us a little snapshot that when we have lost something like the cutting edge, let's remember, we didn't come up with it in the first place. It was a gift. And God knows how to get his gifts back to us. He knows how to re-equip us. He knows how to restore what we have lost. The axe head was found right where it was lost by applying a picture of the cross. The forgiveness of the cross, the redemption of the cross, the hope of the cross, the deliverance of the cross, the defeat of Satan through the cross. If you've lost your spiritual axe head, you're going to find it in the same place you lost it. It hadn't gone anywhere. You did. And the work of the cross will restore you. It's like the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son decided he's going to go to a far country. He goes out there to the far country. And the Bible says one day he wake up, woke up and came to himself, insinuating that he had lost his mind in sin. He came to himself. said, what have I been doing? And he went home. And what did he find at home? He found the axe head. He went home and there it was, right where he'd left it. Some of us need to go back to our dusty Bible, blow the dust off, and read it. Because that's where the axe head is. It's been there the whole time. Some of us need to go to that special quiet place we had with God at one time, that devotional time. We did it every day. We used to. We gotten away from it. You go back. You find that's where the axe head's been the whole time. We need to get on our knees and pray again because it's been a long time. God wants to hear from you. Some of us need to return to that ministry to others, criticism or not, trials or not, because that's where you left the axe head, that place of 100% surrender, that first love we had with Jesus. you got to go back to where you lost it. It's not lost forever. It's just where you left it. Now, in closing, to me, here's the most important part of the whole story. Here comes this miracle. Voop! The axe head comes up in the water. Iron floating. And it comes towards him. But then the prophet said, the power of God can bring it this far, but you are going to have to pick it up. you got to pick it up. You see, there's a personal responsibility. You know what I see in my spirit? I see a bunch of axe heads docked at the shore that nobody's ever picked up. Because the power of God brought it to the surface, brought it to him, but then there was something he was going to have to do. Picking up the axe head to me says, follow through. I got to pick it up. And listen, don't you know, with trembling hand, he reached down. This was a miraculous axe head. He reaches down. He picks it up. He looks at this thing. It has been floating in water by the power of God. Don't you know, with trembling hand, he put it back on that handle, saying, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, God, I believe in you. Thank you, God. And don't you know that he went chopping like he'd never chopped before? And I would wager he watched that axe head real close in the days to come to be sure it stayed sharp. Oh, yeah. So you got to lift it out for yourself. Listen, here's the reality of the situation. 
Nobody can lift it out for you. You are responsible for your own axe head. No one can relieve you of that. Pick it up for yourself. It's the greatest thing you'll ever do for yourself. The good news is that God's given us power to choose. Isn't that amazing? He gives us the power of choice to determine this. How much power from Him is going to be channeled through us. As long as you choose to let the axe head stay in the water, that's exactly where it's going to stay. Right there, docked at the shore. God brought it so far, but you're going to have to say, I'll pick it up. I'll stay with God, walk with God every day, sharpen the axe head with the Word of God. I'll stay in His will for me. And I will let my life count to bringing down the trees that God wants me to bring down, to do the work that He wants me to do, to finish my course. Do you need a breakthrough by restoration today? Has the axe head been lost? Is the joy gone? The thrill gone? Are you willing to return to the place where you lost it, even if it hurts? Even if you have to say, I need to forgive somebody. I need to repent of something. I've been there. I've been there. And it's a terrible life to live, to be going through the motions when there's no real axe head in your spirit. You're just doing the right thing. Ah, I know what to say, what to do. But you're dead inside. That's not the will of God. He wants us filled with joy, filled with power, filled with passion. I want you to stand with me today, would you? And please, no movement unless it's up this way in just a moment because we're about to have a breakthrough. A breakthrough by restoration. And I'm going to ask you a question. Have you lost your axe head? If you have, you know it. Are you willing to pick it up today? Because it's going to be right here. In the first service, I wish you could have seen it. Such breakthrough happening down here. We're going to pick up the axe head today. There it is. It's already coming above the water. And it's swimming towards us right now. Are we going to pick it up? Don't you want to be filled with that passion? That fire? That zeal? That walk with God again? I'm going to ask you the question. If you've lost your axe head, if something is missing and you know it, I want you to raise your hands. Just put them high. Let me see you. Many of you. Many of you. I'm going to ask you to do something. And listen carefully to me. Not just people who lost something back there and we're going to get it back. You lost something in your walk with God back there and we're going to get it back. That axe head. But maybe you're here today and have never even had the axe head because you've never been born again. You can come down here today and say, Lord, I need my life changed. I'm asking you to come into my spirit and let me experience that ax head for the first time in my life. I want you to come as well. But if you raise your hand, come quickly and come now because we're about to have a power moment. We're about to have a power moment. It's going to happen right here. You're going to leave with something in your grasp that you didn't have when you got here. The axe head has come to the front. And we're going to get it back. 
we're going to get it back. We're going to get it back. We're going to get it back. Come on, we're going to wait for you. We're going to get it back today. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. It's going to be a power moment. sense the gentle presence of the Holy Spirit here right now. This is so important. I can remember eight, nine years ago, I had lost the axe head and I picked it up again. And how my life immediately began to change. And the mercy drops of God began to fall. And it's going to immediately begin to break through on your life today. Now I want you to picture something in your mind's eye with me. Picture that axe head. It's right there at the shore. There it is. It's got your name on it. It's your calling, your destiny. It is the trust that God gave you. It is that which was borrowed that was lost. I want you to look at it. Now the power of God has brought it to us right before us today. Now let's pray this prayer and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for whatever it was that caused me to lose that axe head. Now, if you need to forgive somebody, forgive them right now. No one's worth keeping that axe head from you. Give it to them right now. Forgive them. Say, Lord, I forgive anyone I've held a grudge against. They are not worth the axe head. Say, Lord, forgive me for any sin of commission or omission that has caused that axe head to fly off cares the world, whatever it's been. Lord, I repent before you. I want above all else the axe head restored. I'm asking you in Jesus' name to touch me. All right, now in your mind's eye, there it is. I want you in your mind's eye to lean down and pick up that axe head. It's for you. It's, it's for you. It's yours. I want you to pick it up. So I'm picking up my passion again. I'm picking up that walk again. I'm picking up that devotional life again. I'm picking up that zeal again. I'm doing it by faith. No matter what I feel, I'm picking it up again. Now in your mind's eye, put it right back on the handle. You're, you're being fixed right now by faith. I put it back on the handle. Say with me, I'm back in the game. Now, let's pray this prayer of commitment and just say, Lord Jesus, picking up that axe head is follow through. Grace me to see that it stays sharp from this moment forward. Help me to bring down some big trees to the glory of God for the building of the work of God. In Jesus' name. 